Hi, babes. Welcome to The Pleasure Portal, a podcast for women desiring to embody their fierce, wild, feminine magic, reclaim their deepest soul desires, and unleash the passion, pleasure, and fulfillment they know in their bones is their birthright. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant, a love, intimacy, and relationship educator and pleasure alchemist. I'm curious, has your pleasure ever been on the back burner? Have you ever felt like your pleasure doesn't matter? Have you experienced your feminine power being minimized, ignored, or suppressed? If so, this is the place for you. Because in this podcast, we're writing a whole new story together. We're a community of fierce femmes who are done with the binds of repression. We're the women who desire a pleasurable sex life, sacred connection with ourselves, and intimate partnership with another without having to give up or hide parts of who we are. We're the modern witches who until now have had to hide or suppress our sacred gifts. Together, we're unhooking from the binds that mute our greatest expression. We're dialing up that turn on full tilt. We're creating right relationship with our emotions, our power, our enchantment alchemy, and our womb wisdom. Each episode, I'll bring to you a mix of pleasure alchemy, embodiment education, love, sex, and relationship insights, and ultimately an invitation home to your fierce feminine magic. We are reclaiming it all. Down and in we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Pleasure Portal podcast. I have a beautiful guest with me today, Jasmine Kenna. I am so excited to have you on the show. Like, I love when these connections come into my life that are just nothing short of magical. Like we collided on the internet randomly. I don't even know how you collided into my field or I collided into yours, but either way, I was delighted when that happened. I'm like, this woman is pure magic. (laughs) I fucking love her. And like, I could just feel like the energy of you know, pleasure kind of moving through your system, but also this like very magical part of you that is woven into, I'm guessing the work that you do with human design, but just like who you are in the world. And it was just this automatic, yes. Like I recognize this person. There is some nice soul resonance with you and we orbited each other for a little while. And then I'm like, I got to have her on the show. Like all the things that you were posting, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that makes me so happy to hear. Yeah, it's, it's, I love it when these types of things happen. So I would love to, you know, start it off because I haven't had anyone on the show yet talking about human design. And I really enjoy your framing of human design. And so maybe let's just start there. Like, how did you, you know, how did human design find you and like, what is the medicine that it's provided for you? Well, thank you for having me. First of all, You're I'm welcome. so happy to be here. Um, so human design for me was, it was a podcast. I was listening. I was doing whatever I was doing. And all of a sudden I heard this woman, I think it was Jenna Zoe actually. Yes. And she was, um, she was describing a manifesting generator, which is the human design type. Mm-hmm. And I thought, holy shit, she's talking about me. Like she's talking about me and um, there's more people like me. I can't believe this. And so immediately I thought, because I'd been going through my life kind of feeling like, am I broken? Is something wrong with me? Because I can't like do this one thing. And like, you know, I had recently gone through divorce. Like all of these little things had happened where I'm like, oh, I feel like a slacker or quitter. or I keep like changing my mind about everything. And so Mm -hmm. when she was describing this like non-linear creative energy that manifesting generators um, exude, I thought, well, that's me. And like that from that moment on, I was just like head first, like diving in, learning everything I could. And for some strange reason, I could really understand the information um, because human design is a little heady sometimes. Like it can be Mm -hmm. kind of like when you look at your- yeah, complex. And <laughs> your chart can kind of look like hieroglyphics. Like it's kind of, in, it's so much. And then you don't know like how, where to start or what do I do or what's yeah. important. So for some reason, it just really resonated with me and it's really, really helpful mm. for everybody. I love it. I love yeah. it. I felt the same way the first time I came across human design. Um, I'm also a manifesting generator and 
just having that permission, it was almost like this permission slip to just be how I am. Right. Instead of like having to fit into this box of like, <laughs> Kelsey, land the plane on one thing and stay devoted to that one thing. And right. like, my energy is like, no, <laughs> like, I need to have 20 projects going at once. And for some reason, like I will just dabble with all of those different projects. And like, when I'm not energized by them anymore, I let them go. Right. And that's really hard for, I guess, other types sometimes to digest and be with, but I'm like, this is like the best permission slip ever to just be in my creative flow. Really? It is. It has been for me. And I think that, um, energetically, the more I do and the more I give myself permission to do, particularly, um, creatively, the Mm -hmm. more energy I have. So before when I was just trying to pigeonhole myself and I was like, it was like, if you have a garden hose and you just clamp it off, you know, and there's just pressure building behind it and all of this stuff's happening. And you're like, I'm not happy. I'm actually quite miserable. And then it's like, you open it up. It's like a geyser. Just, you know, you can't get anything done because you're just Mm -hmm. freaking out. So for me, I'm like, Oh, I just need to let it flow all the time when it's, when I'm flowing, when I'm, when I'm in my creative zone and I'm allowed to just kind of like flit and float around, I don't have any problems. Life's just happening for me. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like, I'll take it. Easy all day long. Yeah. (laughs) So much. And like being, even just knowing like that energetic code of responding. So, I mean, you obviously have all of the lingo down here, but Mm -hmm. like for me, just learning that I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. No wonder, like it's hard for me sometimes to generate energy if I'm not responding to something. But the second I have something to respond to, it's like this lightning bolt of creativity. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I can create for like 16 hours straight if I have something that I'm responding to. Right. Yeah. Could you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, I looked at, I took a little look at your chart before this call. And it's interesting because you have emotional authority as well as, you know, you have your sacral center. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to always be operating in response. And Mm -hmm. for, for people like us, if we if we start to initiate things don't go the way that they're, that they should go because right. we're, we enter into the agreement in a, in a way that's not correct for us. Mm. But I think for the, the work that you do learning to be in response is probably um, right on like target for you, because I think the mm-hmm. feminine is all about being like in response. You know, 100%. there's like, there's, yeah, there's a little, I think there's a little, there's a piece of, um, being a generator and manifesting generator that it's feminine energy, you know, like, it's like, I'm here for this. I'm surrendered to this. And even if you're responding, I mean, your response isn't always yes. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. the the response is hell no, I'm not doing that, you know, but that's just as important. I think hundred percent. And that's such a bedrock of the work that I do is being responsive to life. So being in right relationship with reality means like I'm not reacting to life, but I'm responding to what's showing up right. and it's a completely different energy frequency. And it allows us to set things like boundaries when the response is no, they, yeah. how do I say no to something that, you know, especially as in like the energy authority or the emotional authority, like mm-hmm. I have to really feel this emotional yes in my body before I move forward. And that historically has been really challenging for some people in my life, especially in a business too, of like, mm-hmm. you know, this balance between structure and like knowing what you can depend on me for and all of those types of things. And then, you know, I have to wait until I get that ping emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's like, yep. Yeah, okay. Now we go. Right. And then I respond to that and honing that skill has been, well, a lifelong process up until this point. Right. And it, and it will continue for you. Absolutely. I think emotional authority is one of probably the more nuanced authorities in human design, because mm-hmm. there's no truth in the now for you, you know, so you've got to wait. And we live in a society that's like, by now, do it now. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's always a sense of urgency. Like you so, have to decide right now and that's never going to be correct for you. Mm-mm, so, mm-mm. I have to say so. one minute, I need a day to think about that, please. Totally. You know, totally. Time always. Yeah. And that has been like one of the best boundaries that I've ever put in place is trusting. Like I actually need like 24 to 48 hours to marinate on something. 
mm-hmm. before I know if it's an actual yes. Cause I can get very excited and, you know, generate a lot of energy. And then the next day I crash or like, I feel into it. I'm like, Ooh, that's actually not a yes for me, but I've already committed. And then I have to go and like do so much fucking cleanup all the back time. Backpedal, backpedal yeah. alert. Yeah. Like, like how do actually- I get out of this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it, man. When I talk to people with emotional authority, that's the number one thing they say is like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm always like, if I get too excited or too hyped up about something and I just, I say yes to too many things. And yeah. then I just spend my time like trying to like actually get out of it. Exactly. But I've just waited 24 hours <laughs> and then be like, that's going to be a no. You yeah. Know, like I'm not going to exactly. be doing it. Yeah. I'm already and booked. Exactly. And it's been helpful to integrate that into my business because I now allow other people that spaciousness to tune in to whether even working with me is a yes for them. Like don't rely on the excitement that you feel Mm -hmm. because like I touched on something that you have resonance with, like actually just sit with it for 24 to 48 hours. And if it's still a yes, then we, we can trust it. And let's right. go forward. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need to be in this constant state of urgency. And I think so much of that is just unhooking from a lot of, you know, unhealthy structures in society in general. Right. But, you know, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and, you know, there are, there are, um, I have sacral authority. So for me, if I say yes, it's a yes. Mm. You know, like, I mean, it's really, it's the most, it's, it's a gift, you know, like if I feel it, if I feel a yes and I'm turned on and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm doing that. And I can just go and do it. And I don't have to think about it for one more minute. And that's really quite nice. Mm, I love that. So what are all of the different, like, let's for someone who hasn't ever heard of human design and it's like, what are these two talking about? (laughs) You're like, we're speaking a foreign language to you. Yeah. Um, so maybe like, let's talk about the different types and then maybe go into the different authorities so that we give people context to what we're talking sure, about. Sure. Yeah. So um, he, in human design, there are um, four technical types, five if you count um, the generator subtypes, but we have reflectors, manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, and projectors. So yeah, that's five all together. Yeah. And, um, each type, I mean, generators and manifesting generators make up about 70 or maybe 72% of society. Mm -hmm. So really, um, that means that everybody that's a generator has a sacral center that is, um, it's consistent. It's always turned Mm -hmm. on. It always, it it should always be working. That's the theory. Sometimes I think it's not because people are not turned on, but, Mm -hmm. um, but so the world is built for generators, technically. Generators mm-hmm. are the builders. They're the ones who go to work. They're the ones who build the buildings. They're the ones who have the babies. You know, this is just if you're thinking about in terms of like how society has right. worked historically. And then you have manifestors who are, they only make up 10% of um, society. And they're the only, the only type that can initiate. So they're mm-hmm. here to just like have an urge and then do whatever they want. Right. <laughs> like we just do, I just do whatever I want. And their, their um, strategy is to inform and mm-hmm. to let people know what they're doing so that they don't um, get circumvented. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes okay. that can happen with manifestors. Projectors are here to guide and direct others, but they um, are supposed to wait for an invitation for that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have a hard time with that um, because they are really great at seeing the bigger picture and seeing mm-hmm. people. That's really their superpower is to see other people. Mm. And um, reflectors are only 1% of society and they um, have no inner authority. They have a lunar authority and they, um, they're the special little baby unicorns. You know, they're here to really kind of show the rest of us, like, if, like, what's the environment doing? Is, mm. are we in a healthy environment? Like, if you think about like the canary in the coal mine analogy, mm. that's what reflectors are. So all the types kind of should work together and help and help one another and, um, and energize, you know, each other. And then you always, it'd be nice to always have like a reflector in the community to just kind of like be a mirror to say, okay, here's mm. this is a healthy community or not a healthy community. Oh, I love that so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. So much. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good I, stuff. Go ahead. I haven't uh, personally met a reflector yet. Neither um, have I. 
one of my, my girlfriends, she's a projector and her brother is a reflector. So like it's, it's in orbit, like (laughs) it's like a close axis, but I've never met him. And it's so interesting. Like our community, our, our little coven of witches here in, in Vancouver, I think we've got three, three projectors and, you know, quite a few manifesting generators like a couple manifestors mm-hmm. like so we've got like a nice mix but we haven't found a reflector right to kind of integrate into the community so that's so interesting yeah i mean i mean they're super rare one percent mm-hmm. is i mean that's wild i've not read for a, a reflector yet wow yeah so but i do think that my business is kind of skewed to re- i read a lot for manifesting generators because mm-hmm. i am one Mm-hmm. No, they, they find me. Yeah. They find me, you know? Um, yeah. They, there was something they, in the, in the ether there. Yeah. They locate me. My life is full of them. I have a lot of projectors in my life as well, mm, which is beautiful. kind of an interesting dynamic because manifesting generators don't like to have guides or direction. You know, that's not, we're kind of like, leave me alone. I know, what I'm, <laughs> I know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll let you know what I know. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so we don't really like to be bossed around and Mm-mm. little projectors are like, excuse me, I have something to offer. And you're like, but no. we learn, I've learned to invite them for, mm-hmm. to invite them to guide me because it really yeah. makes them, it really makes them happy to be able to guide, mm-hmm. especially if they've been invited to do it. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm slowly learning that with my girlfriends who are projectors and they really that whole concept of invitation has been huge in just improving the quality of my relationship with them because to me like I'm just like insert yourself like we used to do clubhouse talks and the projectors in the panel just wouldn't be talking Mm -hmm. in the panel discussion I'm like what is going on and then I had a chat with one of my girlfriends she's like well it's like this weird thing. Cause I don't feel like I'm being invited into the conversation. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It. Yeah. That makes sense. And so it was like a, just a small pivot that I had to make while facilitating these conversations mm-hmm. of like, just opening the door of like, Oh, like Kate, what do you think about this? Or Christina, what do you think about this? Or Shana, right. what do you think about this? And just providing that invitation. And then it's like, this whole world of energy comes through them. They light up like a Christmas tree. And I'm like, oh, see, there's some major gold in there. Major yeah, gold. It's in there. I mean, they have they have so much inside of them. And they're just mm-hmm. waiting to be able to express it. Yeah. And I think also um, they need a lot of recognition for mm-hmm. the things that they bring to the table. So mm-hmm. if you want to make a a projector so happy and like thrill them and make them like a really great version of themselves, invite them to whatever conversations, dinner, whatever, and give them lots and lots of recognition, like see them Mm. and they Mm. will just, they'll, they will, they will flourish. It's amazing. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So what would those sorts of principles be for the other types? Like if you wanted to get Mm -hmm. the best out of like a manifestor or manifesting generator, like what would you Um, want to consider? So I'm, I'm really like blessed because I have three daughters and each one of them is a different type. So mm. I have a man, I have a manifestor daughter, a projector daughter, and a baby generator daughter. Mm. So I think for manifestors, what I found is leave them alone. You know, like don't, um, they need space to decide for themselves mm. and they, they really, they really know themselves. They, they don't, they don't require your input and, yeah. and when you give it to them, they don't want it. So, <laughs> you know, so, so what ends up happening is if you give them your input, they are very much like, <laughs> like that's a fake, you know, like, okay, thank mm-hmm. you. And then they just want to carry on doing what they're doing. Right. So what I found is that I don't put pressure on my daughter to um, behave in any other way than the way that she wants to behave, you mm. know, and I give her her space. I give her her time that she needs and I let her make her own decisions. And that's not easy to do all the time Mm-mm. because she's 13 and I'm bossy. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a practice. It's been a practice. Okay. Yeah. And they know, they know their own minds. And, okay. and a lot of times in life, manifestors become pleasers because they, they don't, 
they really want to go their own way, but they also mm-hmm. don't want to like piss everybody off all the time. Mm-hmm. So they, they tend to become pleasers and then they're like secretly angry. So mm-hmm. that's to just like, let them do their thing and honor Amazing. that in them. Um, we talked about projectors, generators, you know, generators are the warm, fuzzy ones in the world, but they need things to respond to. So if you've got a grumpy generator who's feeling sullen or feeling stuck or frustrated, I think the best thing to do is to give them options of things to respond to, Mm -hmm. you know, give them lots of input and keep, Mm -hmm. they like to be busy when they're idle. Um, they're kind of, um, I don't know, they can feel dense when they're, when they idle too long, you know, and they can get kind of like ho-hum. So, mm-hmm. and also I think it's important to let them know that they don't have to do everything, you know, other people, right. do things. not just, you know, just because they're worker bees doesn't mean they have to be slaves to things that they don't yeah. like to do. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, yeah. And manifesting generators are kind of similar. We're just, you know, we just don't want anybody interjecting into our creative process. <laughs> so when you mm-hmm. see us busy, get out of the way, you know, don't. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Just let us do our thing, and like we'll give you the we'll give you the four one one when we're done mm-hmm. with what we're doing, or if we need help, we'll ask you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that resonates yeah. so much. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah we we can be manifesting generators. I mean, can kind of be we can be a little bit much sometimes mm-hmm. in an energetic way. We have the most energy. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. I do have a lot of energy, and like if. Like if it doesn't have a place to go, like that's, it's I'll just create, yeah, I'll create yeah. drama just to yeah. off gas that yeah. energy because yeah. I'm not utilizing it in a constructive way. And my, my former partner, he is a manifester and he would like, I would be in a creative flow and he'd be constantly like interrupting me with these questions. I'm like, Ugh, like this is not relevant. It's like, stop asking me that question. Like you're kicking me out of flow. Like, yeah. what? Ah, nah. right. and you know, and seeing like how like his energy as a manifester, like there's parts of us that we were in resonance with each other, mm-hmm. but then this like energy in him of like, I just want to do whatever I want and not inform like, Ooh, that's a little crunchy. Like, and it's a little crunchy. And you know, uh, manifesting generators technically should be informing as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's, uh, that's always a struggle for me to remember that, that mm-hmm. I should be like, both of you should be informing. Mm-hmm. I don't I've had to anybody. work on that. Yeah. I've had to really work on that. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm like, you know, even with like, um, I could be working on a project or I could just be walking quickly through the house mm-hmm. and I'm like, why is somebody in my way? Like, I really am it's like this it's driven. It, I want to go. I don't want to wait mm-hmm. for you. And so mm-hmm. I think having children has really um, put that in perspective for me, especially mm-hmm. because projectors and manifestors don't have consistent access to sacral energy. So they don't move like I move. Mm-hmm. They, you know, when they were little, it would take, you know, 10 minutes for them to put their shoes on right. and, t- you know, and it's like, oh, we're getting in the car. Okay. Now we're putting on our seatbelt. Like everything is operates at a much slower pace mm-hmm. and they would be tired all the time. And I'm like, what's going on with you guys? Like before I knew what mm-hmm. their, what their charts looked like. Yeah. And yeah, now I know, well, you, you just need to take a rest. You need to mm-hmm. nap or like have a little lay down and Aww. yeah, it's, it's I nice. Love to- that. Yeah, it is so nice to know. My nephew, he is a projector and I can already see that in him of like, he likes to move slower and mm-hmm. like take his time and he needs lots of little nap times and like, he'll get really tired. Yeah. And over, over the course of time too, like sometimes they can get tuned up by um, other sacral beings, you know, they can kind of draft the the sacral energy. And then they kind of like burn out, you know, Mm -hmm. by the end of the day, they're like, why I'm like laying in bed wide awake. And it's just Mm -hmm. because they're like full of sacral energy. That's not theirs. Huh. That's so interesting. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. So when did you get into human design? Has this always been a thing for like, as long as you can remember or no, no more recent, only in the last four years. Um, and you know, human design's only 30 years old, I think fairly recent 30, I think it was like started in 87 or, you know, um, channeled in in 1987. 
So it's a fairly new modality. And, and I think that, um, I don't know, I think in the next probably 10 years, we'll see like a, you know, like a big boom mm. and lots, lots and lots of people learning about it. I hope. Mm-hmm. And so how do you see like the relationship between human design and pleasure, like knowing your type and knowing more about how your system mm-hmm. operates? Like to me, that would make intuitive sense that even just understanding my human design type, like I'll just naturally have more access to pleasure as I orient around those principles. So is that something that you see, or is there a different connection between pleasure and knowing this information? No, I mean, I think it's really connected. Um, I think once you, you know, you know, your type and you know, your strategy and authority, and you're really operating from that lens or from that vantage point, um, you know, it's like, we're here to have what we want and to be pleased and to be Mm -hmm. happy, you know? So Mm -hmm. once you, once you start aligning and you're like, okay, now I'm making decisions the right way or the correct way. And I'm, and I'm doing things that light me up then it's like a natural next step to be like, okay, now this is, you know, I'm having pleasure. I'm experiencing pleasure. And I don't know, um, you know, my version of pleasure is like all day long pleasure, you know, like everything, my coffee, my music yes. that I listen to, like everything is like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm really pleased by this. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the kind of um, life you can live if you are tuned in and aligned with your type and your strategy and authority. hundred percent. They, and I love that you brought that up because like you wrote in your intake form about being a practice, like pleasure seeker. And I mm-hmm. fucking love that. So like, as a manifesting generator, I'm like, Ooh, I want to know what she does too. And like, so that we can yeah. kind of spitball um, with each other around that because pleasure is such an orienting factor of my life as well. So I'd love to know like your journey with pleasure and like the embodiment of pleasure in your life and what that means to you. Well, a couple of years ago, I started to realize that I was saving up my pleasure. Like I was only letting myself feel good at certain times. And usually only after I worked really hard or I thought, oh, I deserve this. Like I've earned this. And, and then I started doing a little bit of like research on um, deities and goddesses and things. And I got really into Aphrodite and when I, I was doing this Aphrodite meditation every day and Aphrodite and is Venus and she's mm-hmm. all about pleasure. And, and I mean, that's her value, you know, it's like values and pleasure mm-hmm. and, and um, beauty and poetry and all these things. And I thought, why can't my life be like that all day? I mean, there's nothing like, what am I waiting for? You know, the time is now mm-hmm. to experience pleasure. You're not going to have pleasure when you're dead. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to, you know, I shouldn't just have to wait until Friday night to, have pleasure, you know? So for me, I just adopted a plan that every day, all day, if I can, I am experiencing pleasure. So it's like the food I eat, I want it. I want it it to turn me on the music I listen to. I'm like driving down the road with my music blasting. I'm singing my arms out the window. I'm just doing whatever I want. If it feels good, I'm doing it. That's my policy. If it feels good, do it. Yeah. And if it doesn't, you can, you can do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, it's not mm-hmm. finite, you know, that your feel goods are not finite. You yeah. can just, I mean, like the other day I was walking down the street and I go to, to um, and my art studio. I try to go every day and I park intentionally far away so that mm-hmm. I can walk through old town. And I was the other day I was walking and I'm like touching all the leaves on the trees and the flowers. And if you look up in the sky here, you can see the tree canopy and this beautiful blue sky mm-hmm. and there's birds and there's butterflies. It's just gorgeous. And then I looked down and I thought, Oh, look at all these leaves just piled up here. And like a little kid, I just like stomped through all the leaves and just was like cracking up. I'm like, this is, a, I'm having the best time. Yes. Yes. So those are easy. Those are like cheap thrills. You don't have to even Mm -hmm. pay any money for that stuff. I know. Like I go on what I call pleasure walks where the whole point of the walk is to just find things and like collect evidence of things that please and delight me. Right. And so I love delight. Ah, it's the best. And like, it's so connected to pleasure for me because if I'm kind of orienting my focus to look at the things that please and delight me, I naturally just feel more pleasure in my body. Mm -hmm. Like I feel more openness. I feel more pleasure. Like I'm able to be more present 
with my life. And that's really where a lot of the pleasure comes from. It's, you know, not necessarily like something outside of me, but it's my relationship to the thing Mm -hmm. outside of me that is going to either open a portal of pleasure or not. Right. And I think for me, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. And then I think that I, when I look around and I, I can see the abundance that's here Mm -hmm. in terms of like leaves and tree, you know, like all of nature that's abundant. And then I think, oh my gosh, this is all for me. It's all for me. You know, it's all for us. And we're here to experience it. And then we also get this body that's like, oh, I can touch these things. I can feel these things. I can smell what's happening here. Mm -hmm. There's no reason we would have all of that access if it wasn't to feel good. Yeah. 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 It's like, (laughs) to me, it's a no brainer. You know, I'm like, (laughs) me too. The answer is yes. Yeah. We're going to do it. Yeah. Let's do it. It feels good. And, Like sometimes people misconstrue what I mean by that. And they're like, oh, so we're just like abdicating all responsibility. I'm like, no, no. But I do find pleasure in the things that I'm committed to because I'm clear on what I'm giving my yes to. And I got to make sure that it's aligned for me. And when I make those types of commitments, there can be a lot of pleasure in the things that are quote unquote, my daily responsibilities. And like, I just don't do anything I don't want to do. Right. Like that's what it comes down to. I'm like, I have choice. I have choice every single day, what I invest my energy into. And I'm either going to invest it in a way that provides that return on investment, which is more of like the pleasure sensation of like enjoyment, delight, awe, wonder, magic, like all of those kind of come into the category of pleasure for me. Mm-hmm. Or I can choose to orient my way through life where like everything's a fucking drag and it's the worst and like it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really just a mindset switch, Mm -hmm. but I do think there's a, like when I, when I, I don't think I've ever been a typically negative person, but Mm -hmm. when I was doing a lot of shoulds, you know, and really like over obligating myself I, I always felt like my homeostasis in my body was anxiousness, you know, mm-hmm. like it was hot. Like I, I felt like, Oh, I'm like one second away from like blowing my top. Like I'm just right. going to flip out. And now that I have reoriented myself, I feel like my homeostasis is pleasure. You know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like my body feels like it's ready. Almost like it's, it's like, Oh, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in this scene I'm in this environment and like how can I feel good here like mm-hmm. I'm I'm hard to it's hard to articulate but it's almost like I'm one with the environment instead of like yes. being on top of the environment or trying to manipulate the environment mm-hmm. so it feels a lot mm-hmm. better and I, I think it takes practice to get there but I think mm-hmm. it's available for everyone and what are some of the things you've done to kind of hone that practice for yourself um well number one not doing things I don't want to do Mm-hmm. <laughs> in term, and I know people, people get so mad at me in coaching sessions. Cause I'm like, yeah, maybe stop doing that. You know, yeah. like, stop. <laughs> you know, like you hate your job, maybe quit it. You know, mm. well, I can't quit it. I got it. I'm going to retire in 23 years. And I said, oh, well, really, you're going to do a shitty job for 23 more years. You're going to be miserable for 20. That's a really long time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're, I'm like, well, if you're committed to your limitations, then I guess that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, getting rid of the shoulds, um, I stopped over committing and I really um, stopped pushing my agenda. Mm. And I think when I stopped doing that and now I just kind of like wait in, a, in, in response, I kind of just like sit back. Like even when I think I start to overthink and I'm like, well, how's that going to work? And what am I going to do? And, blah, blah, blah. and then I'm like, nope, I'm just going to sit tight. And mm. then when it's time for me to respond, like actually there's something to respond to, not just my crazy thoughts, then I'll respond in the correct way. And then I don't, and then it works out. It works out however it's supposed to work out. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely been a practice of mine. Mm. I love this so much. Like, No wonder we like orbited into each other's fields. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's so much similarity yeah. in how you orient like your way through life. And it's very similar to what I do in my, my own day to day. And like similarly, even with the coaching sessions, like, are we going to argue for our limitations here? 
or are we going to stand in the vortex of what's possible? And we have to maybe do the hard thing, which, you know, might be sitting in the unknown. And for me, like, like that need for like constant structure is such a dishonoring of the feminine. Like the feminine principle is very mysterious. Like it literally forces you to sit in the unknown sometimes and like be in that liminal space until the truth comes through or the next action comes Mm -hmm. through or the thing to respond to and like needing to like grip onto like these masculine structures. I'm like, well, you don't get to have the freedom and the liberation and the joy and like the nourishment of pleasure. If you're going to grip hold onto the things that aren't actually serving you and they're not serving you because you're not in pleasure. (laughs) You're not enjoying your life. I mean, do you you think there's an inherent, um, it's almost as if people think of the word pleasure as like a dirty word. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It feels so indulgent and over the top to them that they can't even fathom that they're like just worthy of it just for like being alive. Mm-hmm. So they think, oh, this is something I have to earn. This is something I have to work hard. And like a certain amount of being miserable yes. will get me something sweet over mm-hmm. here. You know, mm-hmm. like you got to eat your like liver for dinner so that you can get a cookie. <laughs> and it's like, no, man, you could just take a cookie. I'm offering you a cookie. Like you yeah. don't have to eat weird food to get the cookie. Totally. And, yeah. And so I just think like, that's the thing in society that has to change. Like mm-hmm. this idea that pleasure is a dirty word and there's, and it's not for everybody. It's only mm-hmm. for like people who are like, you know, just can like rest on their laurels and like mm-hmm. live this luxurious life. And, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. It's such a, a deep unraveling from that conditioning like because there is so much of that just baked into society of like even just the way that the work week set up like you work hard for five days a week and then you get two days off like this doesn't make sense to me I'm like I I'd like to work most days but then Mm -hmm. I'll go through phases where I'm like I I actually need to just not work at all and be in my life And I don't have to like work hard or like go through like really shitty things in order to have the experience of goodness or the experience of expansion. Like that's going to happen sometimes, of course, like life is is going to be challenging sometimes, but like, we don't have to like manufacture challenge or manufacture. Oh yeah. Because it's, it's coming for you at some point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have to earn my pleasure. And that's why like, I refuse and I really reject that whole concept of guilty pleasure. Like there's nothing about my pleasure. That's guilty. Right. Nothing. And I don't have to earn it either. Like it is just a natural byproduct of me being in alignment with who I truly am. When I'm in alignment with the truth, when I'm in alignment with love, when I'm in alignment with the feminine principle, when I'm in alignment with the harmony between the masculine and the feminine principle, like pleasure is just the natural experience that comes through that. You don't have to hustle for it. I don't have to do all these things for it. That sounds exhausting. It's exhausting. I know. I'm like, you don't have to. You could just have some. Yeah. Get some. Just eat the damn cookie. (laughs) Eat the cookie. And, and, And also like, like you said, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the words that we use to describe things that feel good, um, they're so damning, you know, mm-hmm. like why does everything that feels good or if something's easy or, you know, not the world's hardest thing, it's like, yeah. it, it's not worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, not the way that I orient through life. And that's definitely not the way that I coach or teach or lead. And it's so refreshing to talk to someone like who also orients in a very similar way. And the only way we unravel that is by having these conversations and people who listen to these conversations and they're like, wait, like maybe my pleasure doesn't have to have this collapse of negativity or like guilt or shame. Like maybe right. I don't have to hustle to experience pleasure. Like right now in this moment, you could experience pleasure by just 
moving your shoulders back, opening Mm -hmm. your chest, breathing a little bit deeper and like feel how that feels. Like just feel the aliveness in your system that can be deeply pleasure inducing. And you're right. Like there's such a collapse of pleasure, almost being like relegated to the sexual domain. And then for sure, we like demonize the fuck Mm -hmm. out of that. Oh yeah. Because God forbid you're having like any kind of like sexual pleasure yeah no no like, no like, orgasms <laughs> no yeah that's gonna be a no everyone um yeah and well and that's the other thing I was I was thinking about while you were speaking is that I recently had a client and she just kept telling me that she doesn't know what turns her on or what pleases her or what you know makes her feel good And so we kind of, I said, can you remember a time when you felt good before? And we went through the whole thing. And so she gave me this really long laundry list of things that made her feel good. And then, so finally I said, you know, I think you're bullshitting me. Like, (laughs) I think, you know, exactly what makes you happy. And I think the question or what gives you, brings you pleasure. And I think the question, the question that you need to ask yourself is why you are withholding it from yourself. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And she was, it was like a real it was a super aha for her because she thought, yeah. why am I? And then she said, because it feels indulgent mm. and that's her conditioning, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are dealing with. hundred percent. So if you were to give someone, you know, a place to start in unraveling that conditioning around pleasure being indulgent, what, where would you guide them? I think the very first thing you could do, um, and that's really easy and free is to just do something for 15 minutes yes. that gives you pleasure. So for me, it's listening to really loud music and like dancing around like a wild woman. That's not going to be everybody's favorite thing to do, but whatever makes you happy. If it's like, oh, I'm just going to watch this hilarious comedy. And I have 15 minutes, 15 of my free minutes, mm-hmm. or I'm going to eat a you know, popsicle and sit on my back porch and not talk to anybody and just really enjoy it and pay attention, like have awareness around it. I think that you can find these little pockets of pleasure. And then once you start training your nervous system to recognize what it is, you can go, Oh, I know, I know this, you know, like I know this feeling and then you can kind of cultivate a better, bigger container. Mm, I love this so much. Yeah. I feel like it's just like the perfect segue into some rapid fire questions about pleasure. Are you down? You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, great. Um, all right. So kind of piggybacking off of what you just shared, like how does your relationship with pleasure look like in your daily life? So I did, I did give away my big, that's yeah. my big move is like, I'm a dance, I'm a dancer and a, a loud singer. Um, generally I'm alone when I do these things, but even just, I love to go, um, I go to the grocery store with my headphones in and I just jam around, I jam yes. around the grocery store. And I know that people are probably looking at me thinking I'm nuts, but I'm also smiling and happy. So I'm like, well, I hope I'm bringing them some pleasure. Like, I Mm -hmm. hope they're getting a kick out of me right now Mm -hmm. because I'm having a really good time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I need to come to Florida and we just need to go dance in a grocery store together. (laughs) It's really fun. My girls are like mother, mother. You're embarrassing us. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't care. No, no, I don't, I don't mind it. They'll thank you later when they have that full permission to be in the fullest expression of their pleasure. They'll thank you. I think so. They don't know yet. They don't know yet. I also like to talk to strangers, you know, Mm -hmm. like say hello and and good day to you, you know, like as I'm walking around and make eye contact and really like see people because I think that, um, that a lot of times we're walking around thinking we're the only ones, you know, it's just us thing. And when you can make connections, you can feel pleasure. Mm. Love that answer. It's the best. Um, what is one thing that is an instant turn on for you? Oh, probably somebody who smells good. Oh, wait, are we talking about like what kind of turn on any old turn on any, any turn on? Okay. Yeah. It really doesn't matter, but yeah. Um, probably yeah. Somebody who smells really good. Mm. I agree. Mm, (laughs) Even just thinking about that right "Mm, now. I'm like making a face around it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a notorious um, armpit sniffer. So when I'm dating someone. Yeah. Pheromones. Yeah. Me too. And Mm -hmm. like, 
if I if I don't like the scent of your armpit, like it's just never gonna work out. It's never gonna work. You gotta go. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like I it's like a fiend. Like I just get like this hit off yeah. of like aligned pheromones. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel you. <laughs> my, my favorite. Yeah. Um, how has pleasure impacted your sense of self? Well, I think it's greatly improved my sense of self. I don't, I think before I was really like working, actively working on, you know, feeling, um, pleasure regularly. I think Mm -hmm. I was a grouch. I think I was a little bit of a withholder like withholding things for myself. I think that I had a tough, it's interesting when I, um, the one, the more pleasure I give myself, the more access I have to pleasure, the more willing I am to give other people pleasure or to Mm. please other people. So it's really like this reciprocal thing. And so I think that being, having that access and giving myself the, the, the gift of pleasure has, has, I think it's greatly impacted my my sense of self. I feel great. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I feel like, listen, I walk around like hot shit all day long. I'm like, I'm just walking around. Like I'm here, everyone. Like that's yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Take a gander. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone, oh my gosh. everyone feels better now that I'm here. It's this really the best. pretty self-aggrandizing, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm no one else is going to do it. Yeah. You have to do yeah. it for yourself. I love that. Um, What are you most turned on about in your life right now? Making art. Ooh, what kind of art? Yeah, whatever. I don't even know. I'm not really technically an artist of any sort. Mm -hmm. I just, the last three months, I rented an art studio and this very inspirational, um, like little artist compound. Yeah. And I just go there and I learn how to do things. I'm like oh learning to, to do printmaking right now. I'm working on collages. I'm like using gold leaf. I'm just come home covered in paint. I'm, I got it. I think I got most of it off, but I just come home covered in paint and like I have glue in my hair and I'm just the happiest. <laughs> like I'm just the happy. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. It's so it's fun. Incredible. It's like really, every, yeah. everything about that just turned my system on. I'm like, I want to go paint something after we get off yeah, the call here. <laughs> that's how it feels. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I never... I I literally, I'm not joking, Kelsey, I've never made art before, Mm. ever. And I think that that was part of um, probably a sense of deep frustration for me. Like, I'm like, oh, there's something in me that needs to like be expressed in a way. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh, every day I'm just making a mess, expressing myself. It's really fun. Fun. That's so Mm -hmm. fun. Okay. My final rapid fire question. Okay. If you could whisper a nugget of pleasure wisdom to 13-year-old you, what would you tell her? No, I think take the cookie. <laughs> like take the cookie, like have it. It's yours. Yeah, it's here for you. Mm. Yeah. It's all here for you. Beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Oh, that made mm. me feel sad. Like not sad, but like, oh, 13-year-old me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about. Beautiful. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for taking mm. the time and having into this conversation with me. It's, I mean, I feel like we could frolic and like talk about so pleasure all day. <laughs> we could, we could. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. Are we still recording or are we done? Yes. yes okay. We're still recording. Yeah. Um, how long have you had this podcast or, or did you have another podcast before? I did. So okay. this podcast, I started November maybe. Okay. And I just release an episode when I feel like, okay, this is the time to release the episode. Like, let's. So it's very different than my one before. My uh, podcast before was with my former partner mm. and it was called the Power Couple Podcast. And we released an episode every week for a year. And like, it was great, but like there was a it's point a where I'm work. like, like, oh, there's a lot of like upkeep with that. And mm-hmm. this one just feels much more spacious. It feels much more aligned. And like, I just do what I want. Like when I feel like releasing an episode, I do it. When like, there's a topic that I want to cover, I'll cover it. And 
you know, it's, it's a reorienting and like a, an unwinding of all of that more masculine structure of like, mm-hmm. we have to do this the same way every single week. I'm like, no, my system is done with that. And yeah, that's, like, not, that's not the MG way. I'm like, uh-uh. I mean, I don't even fold my laundry the same way in the same load, you know, like I'm like folding a shirt one way and then the next one's in a, like a different, like the whole thing is different. My mom just looks at me like, what are you doing? Like, oh, it's going to be fine. Just start in the drawer. I'm glad you're doing it this way. I, it's really interesting because I didn't realize your podcast was called, um, what is it called? The the pleasure portal. Pleasure portal. Yeah. And I just thought it was your, your like radical self-love. And I, two weeks ago, I was like, I'm starting a podcast and it's going to be called the pleasure cruise. Yes. about more day-to-day pleasures. And I want to talk to women who are maybe, cause I'm 45. So like maybe yep. a little bit older who are like, Oh, this is like what I'm doing now to, mm. Get, mm. Get, my, to get my pleasure on. So good. I yeah. love this so much. Yeah. Well, by the time this episode goes live, if your podcast is live, just let me know and I'll link it in the show notes because I'd love oh, to that'd be great. Yeah, send people yeah. in your direction. And if people want to get in touch with you, because they're obviously going to be obsessed with you after having this conversation, they're like, of I need more of Jasmine <laughs> in my life. Um, where can they find you and how can they work with you? Okay. So you can find me at my website, which is jasminekenna.com. Don't book any there thing there because I'm not great at my calendar. I'm working <laughs> it out. Um, but Instagram is the best way a lo- at love Jasmine Kenna. I'm on there all the time. And that's really my only social media nice. platform. That's all I need in the world. Perfect. And that's asking Simple. a lot for me. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go on TikTok. I'm like, no, I'm not. Who am I no, kidding? Like, I did it. I did it. But I'm like, this is like serious work. And like, I yeah. have a lot of effort in here. I do go in there and make my reels because for some reason, Instagram is rude and doesn't give me music. On oh. my, yeah, it's the oddest. So, so rude. Yeah. So I'm like, I have to go to TikTok, make a reel. And then I'm like, bring it. I'm like, <laughs> bring it oh, back. this is. This is not making me happy. This yeah, too much. Yeah, <laughs> that so. is a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very, very grateful to have had you on the show and to be in your orbit and watching all of those wonderful reels when you do bring them from TikTok over to Instagram. Like, I'm so grateful you do that because thank your you. Your work is so magic and your energy is incredibly vibrant and like it's you know, a a soul thing. Like I can feel this beautiful soul resonance and I'm just really grateful for you in the world and the work that you do and the energy that you bring. It's such a huge permission slip for so many people. And yeah, it's just an honor to know you. And thank you. ah, So my heart that makes me very, very happy. And it's been Mm. so lovely to chat with you. And, um, and I just love social media for that because I mean, who knew? Yeah. We never would have found each other. Oh, maybe never, we would have. I don't know. But like, I don't know. If I if I was ever in like Florida in Key West, is that where you? Yeah. Are? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe we would have crossed paths. Probably splashing paint in a art yeah. studio or like being weirdos on the street, picking leaves, <laughs> dancing at the grocery store. People are gonna think I'm a lunatic, but I don't care. I love it so yeah. much. Well, thank you, Super thank fun. you, thank you so much for your time you today and your magic. And I look forward to chatting with you again very soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs>